certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. Leather gloves, hair found in the boot of a car and a brick stained with blood. Just some of the items that police sent for urgent forensic testing in their search for a serial killer. This is day 47 of Claremont in Conversation. It's Natalie, Tim and Alison in the studio with you today. Can we start by um, talking about this blood-stained brick, which we've never heard of before? How did this come up? Well, this came up in the document that was um, showing a series of emails that was coming from the police of everything they sent in to be tested. I suspect there was like a heck of a lot of stuff that every time they found something, um, they sent it off to be tested. And I did speak to one of the defence lawyers after, and I said, what was this bloodstained brick? And she said, oh, it wasn't really a brick. It was a small piece of, she thought it was an old tyre or something, but she played it down. But, of course, this this came out because they were sweeping the area, both areas, and I should imagine everything they found in that, bushland would have been sent off to be tested but what came out today was that the police were getting a bit antsy <laughs> about um, why it was taking so long so we heard today for the first time these series of emails back and forth and back and forth can we get this tested what about Kira Glennon's fingernails from 40 to 50 what's happening what's happening and uh, that was the first time we we saw the pressure that was being put on the macro were getting frustrated because it was taking a while the path west people seemed to be thinking well stand in line you know we've got priority and stuff and things like that so that's what came out basically today tim yeah it was in it was in that context that mr yovich has been trying to paint this picture of a lab under pressure to get results um busy understaffed um mr Bagdan Vicious yesterday admitted that, yeah, maybe when I was putting this matrix together, this evidence matrix, I did make it a bit rushed. And it was in that context that these emails were introduced. Um, and up they flashed on the screen, and, and there was the list, which included this brick. Um, now, we, we know where Kira was found was a, was, it was pretty remote bushland, but it wasn't remote enough that other activity didn't go on there obviously she was discovered because uh, one, a member of the public thought he might uh, might be scoring some free cannabis if he went looking hard enough which is which is what he was there to do and uh, pictures from the time show bits of rubbish and bottles and 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 there was a tire quite close to where kira was uh, discovered but um, you'd think you'd know the difference between a brick and a tire, and, and and the fact that it had blood on it was obviously piqued the interest of the of the of the coppers. And this was a priority list that they were uh, list formulating they together yeah. between Pathwest what they had and the police saying, well, what what can we do? Um, and there were you know ten of these lists, so that gives you an idea. And there was you know dozens of things on each list. So yeah, I mean just the the various rabbit holes that the the police went down or tried to get Pathwest to go down for them. They just keep expanding over the, over the days and weeks of this trial. And and uh, yeah, and today was was, was was we found another hole basically. And of course, and of course, any anyone that reads any crime thrillers or sees TV always sees a sparring. It goes on between police and want the cause of death and the time of death now. And the the forensic pathologists say just wait, wait, wait. It takes time. Some of the testing took 
he said up to a week to do uh, a few things. So mm. it's not like instant. We can tell you right now. But um, police were obviously desperate in their search to find the killer. And so they wanted um, all of the results yesterday, you know, to keep going. And we heard back then that there was only a handful of staff at Pathwest back then. And you can only imagine if police are sending in volumes of items and Mm. they want them tested and they do want the answers Mm. urgently because we are looking for a serial killer. Yeah, and that's that was exactly the tenet of Mr. Jovic's questions. He he went back there a number of times. You know, this was in the context of a murder, maybe three murders. He wanted it solved. Yes, of course. He took care. Yes, of course. But... You know, you did this, you did this, and you did this, and and Mr. Jovic again then went back to some of the errors he found ad- uh, amongst some of the paperwork. He returned to the these these blanks that were sent to the New Zealand today, which had DNA in them, and Mr. Bagdonovicius was was quizzed about those, what he'd done. Um, so it's all uh, Mr. Jovic's attempt to you know break down the 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 the, the, the smooth scientific lab coat, um, you know, perfectly. Um, hermetically sealed uh, lab that they that Mr. Bagdonovich says were the, was the ideal but I mean the, 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 the ideal it wasn't perfect and there were mistakes made and it, it, we're all human and they, they obviously were as well and, and, and wanted to get results but weren't getting them. And, and under the relentless barrage there were some concessions today. He did concede that yes it's possible that mistakes are made have you ever made a mistake? Yes it's possible and, of course, brought up the... We're looking at fragments of fingernails. I mean, we're talking about microscopic, aren't we? We're not talking about a gun or a knife here. We're talking about microscopic bits of fragments mm. of evidence. So when he was talking about that even when you look the scrapings under this tiny fragment, it was only a tiny bit of DNA too. So no doubt we'll be hearing more about that tomorrow mm. night, won't mm. we? Yes. And if you think about... In your own life, if someone is um, questioning your work practices and trying to paint a picture that maybe you didn't do things as well as you could have back then, I am, imagine most of us would feel defensive. I'm curious as to whether you know uh, this witness uh, gave the impression that he was feeling defensive Not about really. his practice back Not then. Really. Or was he quite cool? Yeah, I think he was quite yeah, no, confident. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he was calm, um, mm. but uh, there, there were moments just flashes there was one this morning when uh, he was asked he was basically asked about um, AGM 40 and 48 and why he Mr. Bagdonovich is personally uh, ascribed to that debris only not for analysis or no use for analysis Mm. Um, and there was a there was a way that he just prescribed it on the form that Mr. Jovic took issue with or questioned him about and there was just a little flash so well yes of course of course I, I was going to keep that evidence I wasn't going to throw it away it might come to something in the future um, and that decision might be proved to be one of the most important of all because we know AJM 40 and 48 were two that, that went away to the UK which we're going to start to hear about tomorrow which are the, the, the vital pieces of evidence so uh, there were moments where that, he, that he was getting um, a, a little bit testy, um, but uh, but to be fair, given the amount of time that he's done on the, in this trial now, probably the longest witness mm. over a span of days that we've had so far, given that there was a little 
break in the middle, but he was still working while we were off, going through reams and reams of documents and producing another statement late last week. Um, uh, he he got through it. There was some there was some size on the witness stand, but uh, I think there'll be a sigh of relief uh, now that he's uh, he's finished. There certainly was in the media room. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you talked about the leather gloves yesterday and as you told us, um, there was no results as a result of that testing of the gloves. Mm. Was there any information or any results that you were made aware of that came out of these urgent testings? Not that we've heard of. We, the very opening, uh, Mr Jovich talked about DNA from a victim of an unrelated crime being in the mix with some vegetation to do with Jane Rimmer, but we've yet to hear that. Um, but no, nothing. Well, there today. was a, there was a little bit more information about the gloves contained in these emails today. That the fact oh. there were a pair of gloves. There were two gloves, but it, according to the email, there were one of each. There was a brown one and a black one. Um, and but there were, as we speculated yesterday, this this note between Pathwest and Detective Sanderson, who was one of the forensic officers, uh, did prescribe that quite a, a high priority, given where it was found, um, close to where Jane's body was found. And obviously gloves, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to re- understand or um, imagine what the significance of those were. But the results, they're it's still a nothing. mystery. Yeah. Uh, we don't know when they were tested. They don't, we don't know if they were tested, and we certainly don't know what results came from them but we do know that they're not um, connected um, in evidence wise in any way to, to Mr Edwards it was just another another rabbit hole that the uh, the police were to a shining a torch down and a mystery that will be unanswered now one of the police officers who we've mentioned in a previous podcast Sergeant Maripodi was asked to leave the court today mm-hmm. what was that for? Well, that was in uh, relation to this lock of hair or this sample of hair that was eventually returned to Kira's mum and dad, Dennis and Una. We've heard about it previously. Um, it was also done with Jane, which was a little bit of a shock to all of us when that first came out. Uh, we, we've had some back-channel communication to say that it's not that um, uh, peculiar, but it still strikes me as peculiar. Especially at, in a murder case. Well, in this, this murder type, case yes. in particular. Oh. But this, this was the questioning was in the context of it was Mr. Bagdonovicius who signed out the hair that eventually part of it went back to the Glennons. He used a form that was about another piece of hair, this piece of hair that you mentioned at the top, Matt, that was found in the boot of a car, which we'll get to in a minute. So he'd used the wrong form, but then he was quizzed as to, well, why did the whole hair mass leave the lab, which it apparently did? So there was confusion about mm. whether it was a lock of hair or the whole hair mass. It, it turns out it was the whole hair mass. Then it then it was questioned to him, well, why, what, why that process? Why would you just sign out a billy bucket without even knowing what was in it? Um, and Mr. Bagdonovich's answer was, well, basically, I trusted Karen Margolius. Mm. I trusted Detective Maripodi. They were telling me what it was for. I, I used the wrong form, he admitted that, but I, I had no doubt what was in the bucket and what they said that they were going to do with it. And two days later, the bucket came back. It might not seem that important now, but in a few weeks, I, I'm wagering it will become very important because the location and um, uh, the continuity of that hair mass is vitally important when it comes to fibres because the fibres that were found in Kira's hair on further examination many years later... Uh, uh, potentially and allegedly link 
and Mr. Edwards to her and the bucket. So the fact that the bucket left the, the lab for two days was dealt with in some way. We think a lock of hair was taken, sent to a funeral parlour to be treated and then given to um, given to the Glennons. There was no paper trail, though, was exactly. there? Exactly. And the yeah. paper trail, w- where it went, well, we know who took it. We know when they took it, but we don't know where they took it then. We don't know what they did with it. We know Detective Maripodi is going to be a witness, possibly the very last witness for the prosecution. So no doubt that will be explored um, uh, when, uh, when the time comes. And of all the exhibits to not have a paper trail... This one is quite critical. So Especially when this is a trial. I've never seen so many paper documents in a mm. trial. It's almost like one of these huge financial corporate things where they're following bits of paper mm. every day, document after document after document. Every single item is, you know, poured over. The analysts being analysed, literally, um, over this whole yeah. event. So your understanding is, or just so people can understand, Sergeant Maripodi would have been asked to leave the court because this is evidence that, that he, he will be asked to. about. He will be questioned yeah, about, he correct. Be, he's, yeah. he's, he's one of the officers that's been given exemption to be able to be in the court. We, yeah. talk, we talked about that. He's obviously been a, a long-standing um, police officer, very involved in this case. But for that particular portion, um, Mr Jovich made the informal request of him, apparently. Uh, he was absolutely happy to do it um, and, and took a seat on the leather couch outside for, for half an hour. Yeah. So the uh, hair that was tested, which was found in the boot of a car, what more can you tell us about this, if anything? Yeah, that was an interesting one as well. We, didn't really, we got a hint of it the other day. but They just come and not, then it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it very would, frustrating. We don't even say, we can't get up and say, and? <laughs> um, well, if we did, if we had that choice, the trial might go for about three years. But, uh, no. So this, this was um, uh, nine... Uh, Less than two weeks after Kira's body was discovered, uh, macro detectives got a call from a chap who was driving a car that wasn't his. He was either borrowed it or was mining it for another person. And a, a lock of hair, a clump of hair, a, a, some, a few hairs were in the boot of this car that he'd obviously found. Now, obviously, Kira's disappearance, then murder... Um, and discovery would have been, you know, the uh, the only topic of conversation in Perth for the, for those two weeks and many weeks to after. And so he rang the police and said, uh, "I found this here in the boot, um, and I think the owner of the car might have something to do with it." Um, and so Macro again, another rabbit hole that they went down. They took the hair. They apparently placed it in an A4 piece of paper, which was folded several times. Um, and handed over to Pathwest, um, and they were asked to do tests on it. Um, Mr. Bagdonovich said today there was about five hairs in that little packet. He tested them. He said at least one of them was definitely animal hair, possibly another mm-hmm. one, um, and the other three, well, obviously, it, it would appear came to came to nothing. Um, Another one of those urban myths that we were talking well, about. Well, right. exactly. Mm. But this one turned turn to have a yeah. uh, sounds well, like it's got a, help, yeah. a bit more meat on the bones. Mm. Um, what that um, what the owner of that car might have uh, thought when he had uh, <laughs> when he got a call from Macro <laughs> Detectives yeah. um, in uh, in that portion of 1997, you can only imagine. But uh, I'm, I'm, it wasn't I, a white station wagon, was well, it? Well, we don't know, do we? <laughs> but I'm betting he didn't lend that mm. car out again. I guess this, these kinds of um, small snippets of information could be the germ from where these urban myths have grown. 
Oh, people want to help. They want to be mm. part of it, and um, it's usually a friend of a friend of a friend. And after you chase it down, it's nothing. Well, you never track it down. And police were desperate for the help and and, yeah. and asking for the help on on at every opportunity they could. So and it was widespread. Yeah, so widespread. So yeah. it's not a surprise. I mean, mm. I, 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 delving into the files as we as we we'd want to, and we have been through the court process. Um, I'm sure there will be a, a you know dozens more of the, of tip offs like that. But it was this. The, this particular one got as far as Pathways doing testing, so they are, at the time they obviously thought it had some legs. Obviously a lot more, but we saw these emails just because they were brought out uh, showing the pressure from the police trying to get some response or quicker response from Pathwest today. That's where we heard these odd items, but I should imagine there'd be hundreds of others that were sent along and tested that just haven't been documented. Mm. Yeah. So Defence Today obviously were, were very strong in their um, pushing this idea of, of cross-contamination and how uh, the contamination will have muddied the waters. Was Mr Bagdonovicius um, quite strong in his defence of Path West and, and their track record? Well, he was and he wasn't. He did concede that mistakes... I mean, it is an exact science, I suppose, rather than what we do or anybody else does, where they do have to be very, very careful. And he said quality always came over. Um, Anything also with the quantity, they did have a lot of cases. They knew that it was a priority. And he, but he said, yes, mistakes are made. And um, Mr. Jovic said, and you have made them. And he said, yes, we have. Mm. He was quite honest in that way that, you know, they weren't, they were trying to do the best they could. And even under the pressure, they still tried to maintain the quality that was expected of them. Yeah. And in particular, it was these nails that were sent to New Zealand in 2004 that he was being quizzed about. um, And on the back of that, these blank samples, these so-called blank samples that are there to help determine if there is any contamination. And we learned um, during the evidence a couple of weeks ago that there there was um, 35 samples sent away, blank ones, which Mr. Bagdonovicius was responsible for sending, collating and sending. 21 of them tested and four of them were contaminated. Which, which he pressed home, which didn't is, he? Yeah. Four which, out of 21, he said, yeah, is a lot which is a, than, Which is a high yeah. percentage. Mm. And then he was Mr. Bagdonovicius today was asked what are the international standards he said uh, four out three or four out of a hundred he would expect but then uh, without prompting it did happen to mention that quite recently Pathwest have been tested and their current level of contamination is about one or two in every hundred. So he said, as international standards go right now, we're about um, you know 50% better than, than, than is expected of us, which is great, brilliant, thank you, <laughs> excellent in 2020, but yes. we're talking about 2003. So... Um, and for whatever reason, um, th- those samples were contaminated. Um, there was documentation today that confirmed that at least one of them definitely was contaminated at Path West because they'd done runs of the blank themselves mm. that Mr. Bagdonovicius wasn't aware of and didn't send to New Zealand, but it showed that there was contamination before it left Perth. So that's that that that's where it sits. Um, that those all those exhibits are now before Justice Hall, and he will make of them what he will mm. um, when it when it comes to the time. But it it it, it builds into Mr. Jovic's narrative of a, a lab under pressure 
Um, you know, he, he, he's mentioned Martin Blooms, the previous witness, was had maybe been dragged off the case or asked to leave the case by the police. That hasn't really been confirmed yet. Mr. Bagdonovich, it was put to him. He 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 didn't know one way or the other. He said, "I don't know. I was just asked to do this work personally. I don't know why. I don't know what the what the context was." So so there's that little area that that Mr. Jovic has managed to to to, to slip into the mix, um, but. Uh, as I say, just all will make of it what, what he what he will when he when he comes to uh, when he comes to hand down his verdict. Well, let's not forget too, Mr. Jovic's opening when he came out very strongly and said, "You've got the wrong man." Mm. Well, and that's that's the the, that's the simplest <laughs> defence you could possibly, or one of the simplest, most the simplest defences you could possibly have in one of the most complex cases in Australia. <laughs> that's right. Well, a bit of a shake-up tomorrow, so how will court accommodate these UK witnesses? Well, Ali's going to have to have a, a nana nap in the, I am in, have in a the morning nap. because uh, we have a late sitting tomorrow, so we move on to the UK portion of the DNA evidence tomorrow and this is the forensic science service that did the testing on the nails in 2008 that turned up this low copper number testing that turned up this uh, this amazing breakthrough in 2008 so tomorrow we start with that and um, we've got one UK based witness has flown to Perth and she will start and then we will um, jet back to uh, to the UK for a couple of video witnesses which will mean we've sit late into the night about nine o'clock Perth time to accommodate the time difference and then Miss, Mrs Evans Carol Evans who was the what the how the, the reporting scientist so she was overseeing the work that was being done on the nails so she was the boss basically of this of this project um, uh, she will then continue her evidence on on on, uh, on Thursday, which um, which will be uh, hugely interesting. Um, s- similar, obviously, type of evidence. We think lots of um, charts and and, oh. and swabs and <laughs> things like that. But this is this is the this, crucial this, bit. This, yep. this is yeah. the this is the evidence. This is the crucial evidence that, that the prosecution say ties it all together. This is where we get Mr. Edwards from. Then it takes us back to Karakata and all the way through. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it, it, it's a hugely important portion of the trial that starts tomorrow afternoon. You could almost sense something building up this week, which intrigued us all because all of the family members were in there. Big big presence of police, the mm-hmm. macro. Um, we haven't seen that for a long time, right from the opening days mm. where the Rimmers, um, the Glennons, and um, as I said, two almost two rows of police. We kept waiting to see what was what was happening. That um, it hasn't been that crowded for a long time. Mm. Why do you feel that that presence is? Well, we're is waiting. I get the feeling that they know they we're know. coming to the really the yeah, really crucial right. bit now. Mm. If this. If this goes well for the prosecution, then their their case is immeasurably stronger than if it, if mm. if if yeah. this evidence is somehow weakened. Um, and we, um, you know, there's no suggestion of any uh, stuff ups in London or the UK um, from either openings. Um, so, and the, and as we've discussed, FSS was one of the, the one of the pioneering DNA outfits. Of their time, they 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 revolutionised DNA testing with their use of LCN 
um, low copy number oh, um, yes, technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, no wonder Brendan and his students will probably be sort of uh, knocking on the door of the court um, on, on Thursday because they're going to want to hear from, from some of the best in the world at what they were doing at that time. Um, uh, as I say, we start with the boss and then the, act, the, the man who actually did the testing that found this DNA, a guy called Andrew Talbot, he will be the first video witness tomorrow. So, yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be fascinating to see how it goes. Well, we'll all reset our body clocks, which now are in tune to the court, (laughs) and push it all back a bit later. Tim and I will be back tomorrow for Day 48, along with Damien Cripps, and we look forward to chatting to you then. This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. Enjoying this podcast? If the story behind the headline matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver. For more on Claremont The Trial, follow the live blog, watch the nightly news updates, and sign up for daily email updates at thewest.com.au. Subscribe now for just a dollar a day at thewest.com.au.